Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 347 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am so thrilled that you are here with me today as I am talking to my pal, my friend, Grant Faulkner. He has been on the show before. He is a wonderful interview. And in this, we're going to talk about his new book. We're going to talk about short fiction. And I literally just hung up with him, which is not something I normally do. Usually I'm a few months ahead in my podcast, but his book just came out today. So I want you to know about it. And I'm going to push this podcast ahead of all the others uh, because it matters. And you're going to love it. You're going to love this episode. He has amazing things to say about revision and joy and, and how to live this life. So stick around for that. What has been going on around here? Oh, Lord have mercy. It's just painting. I painted a wall. I didn't paint the wall behind me. That's still covered with paint swatches. Uh, But I did paint a wall in my office. And the sooner I paint that office behind me, the sooner I can unpack. And the sooner I can unpack all of those boxes that belong in my office, the more I will relax. I. It's been almost, now it's been three weeks. And I can't stand that I am not unpacked yet. But I did choose a wonderful, deep kind of a reddish orange. And that's what I did this morning. And I felt very cool skiving off of work a little bit just to paint that wall to make sure that the paint worked and it did and it's fun. Uh, What else has been going on? I talk about this in this episode. I've been reluctant to talk about it because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot and jinx myself, but I have taken on a new little challenge after talking to Eleanor Shearer, who's a podcast um, that will be coming up soon. And it was an awesome episode. She writes 500 words a day. And I thought to myself, I can write 500 words a day. I can write it in my sleep. I can write it so fast. And I decided to write 500 words a day. So that's what I'm doing right now, every day, including weekends. And I am not a weekend writer. This 500 words a day that I'm doing that I talk about with Grant on this episode can be from any project that I'm playing with. Always during my work time, I am working on a writing project. There's a large writing project on my desk and I'm working on it. I'm writing it or I'm revising it or I'm doing something with it. Always, always, always. That's on my desk. That will not change. And the time I spend on that will not change. So that I'll still get more words written and lots of revision done, but I'm kind of feeding myself this fun and this joy of 500 fresh new words on something, anything every day. And I have been loving it. And it really makes me feel great that one of the very first things I do in the day is write these 500 words. And then the day can go to hell after that. And it will be okay because I did something new and creative and fun. And I feel like I'm playing and it's feeling really artistic and fun, even though right now I'm just using it to write the Patreon essay that'll be coming out later this month on the move into this house. So it's something I would write anyway but I'm doing it in little bite-sized pieces. I'm having fun. The essay is going to be way too long. That is a little bit of a problem because I can relax into writing 500 words a day. And suddenly I have 8,000 words that was only supposed to be 3,000 words. So that's something I'm going to have to manage, but it has been so fun. And I've set myself up a pacemaker program. Pacemaker is an app 
I don't have an affiliate link. I should get it, but I very much like it for tracking words or pages, or you can even use it to track time in the chair. Um, it is not that intuitive to use the first time you look at it. Just Google pacemaker writing app, or I think it's just available online. I don't even think it's an app. It's not very intuitive, but it works really well to readjust. So if you have a goal for this month or for the next four months, it'll readjust on the fly every time you update it. So if you write more, it'll give you less to write. If you write less, it'll up your ex expected words to write or time or whatever. Anyway, I set myself up with a little 500 word a day pacemaker plan, and it is so satisfying to fill it in. And I have missed one day because since I started this a few weeks ago. And that was totally cool. I meant to write. And then I went out and had fun. I chose to go have fun instead for the whole day. And that was fun. That was cool. And then I have already made up for it. So I don't know. That's, that's what's going on right now, work-wise. So um, what else is going on? I have a couple of new patrons. Thank you to Kylo Taylor. I wish for you the scent of new pencils to cover every bad scent you may walk past for the next month. And to Sandy Menard, thank you very much. I wish for you the deep, restful sleep of an exhausted puppy who is tired from having too much fun. Oh, and I also wish you all the fun that the puppy had too. Uh, so thank you to new patrons. Thank you to old patrons. Thank you to current patrons. Thank you to future patrons who might think about supporting me. It really does help me bring this podcast to you, which I love doing. And boy, am I, I'm just kind of riding high on the fumes of talking to my friend, Grant. Let me tell you a little bit about Grant, and then we'll get into the interview. Grant Faulkner is the executive director of National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, and the co-founder of 100 Word Story. He recently published, as in today, The Art of Brevity, Crafting the Very Short Story. He also published Fishers, a, co a collection of 100 word stories, the short story collection, All the Comfort Sin Can Provide, and Nothing Short of, Selected Tales from 100 Word Story as the editor, and Pep Talks for Writers, 52 Insights and Actions to Boost Your Creative Mojo. His stories have appeared in dozens of literary magazines, including Tin House, Southwest Review, and the Gettysburg Review. And uh, his essays on creativity have been published in the New York Times, Poets and Writers, Literary Hub, Writer's Digest, and The Writer. You can find him online, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also listen to his podcast, Right Minded, and subscribe to his newsletter, Intimations, a Writer's Discord. Discourse. I have to admit, I don't subscribe to that, and I'm going to go subscribe to it right now, Grant. Please enjoy this interview with my friend. You will find him charming and wise and kind. And please enjoy your own writing, my friends, and then come find me online somewhere and tell me how it is going. Okay, we'll talk soon. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Oh my gosh, I could not be more pleased to welcome to you, you to this show. Could you please share your name and your pronouns with us? My name is Grant Faulkner and he, him, his. Thank you. It's yeah. so good to see you. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh good to my see gosh. you too. So this you, fantastic. we have been friends a very long time and yeah. I will we'll know exactly how long it has been. And you've also been on the show a million years ago. Um, and we're here to talk about your new book, but first of all, oh, how long have we known each other? How long have you been the executive um, director for Nano National Novel Writing Month? Yeah, so I came in in 2012, so I think it's like 10-ish, 
across the years. Amazing. And, is- and I don't know. I don't know when we did our last episode, I but no now I want to go watch it. I didn't even, I didn't even look it up. It was, pr- it, was I think it was towards the beginning of the show because I was still like reaching out to friends and making them do it. You know, I know I was in, I was in fifth grade. Yeah, exactly. Me too. It was weird. Yeah. And now yeah. I think this will be like, episode. I don't know what episode this will be, but probably like about 350 episodes oh, wow. of, of this so far. Cool. So, um, so you are the executive director of national novel writing month. And for the one person who's never heard of it, can you please give the log line for Log line, Good one. Well, um, it is a very simple, uh, challenge to write 50,000 words in a month, the month of November. Uh, it's one part, uh, writing boot camp, and that's the showing up to write 50,000 words in a month. It's tough to do, but it's doable. Uh, but it's one part rollicking writing party. And that's because it's one big global community of everybody writing together, which is a galvanizing force in many ways. Yes. That's the log line. That's, that's log a line. really, really good one. Um, yeah. I did not participate this year for the first time in many years because we were in the middle of so many things and training for a long hike that we did and then moving and stuff. And I really missed it. I really yeah. missed the the getting together with people and the, um, I actually know our local municipal liaison is a friend of mine. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. How was it? How was Nano for you this last year? Um, this year I, 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 I did it, but I knew I, I, I was, I was finishing the book, my book that just came out. Please Here tell us the title. Here it is. Today's the launch day. It is it today. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. It's called the art of brevity. So it's a little bit different than the NaNoWriMo method, but, um, yeah, no, I was doing so much work on that. I knew I wasn't going to have a chance to focus on writing 50,000 words. So I changed my area of emphasis and I focused on a writing streak. And so I wrote every day of the month. And I think that that was just as motivating. I mean, I didn't write 50,000 like words, that. but I ended writing, I think, about 30,000 words. Um, because my principle is if you just sit down to write, words will come. Yeah. One sentence has a way of spawning another sentence. Yes. You almost always write more than you think you will if yes. you allow yourself to. So yeah, it's always good to feel that energy, you know. Um it's uh, it is magical in the end, you know. We don't we don't know what's going to come out, you know. It, but it, it is magical. It's funny. I just recommitted to a little mini challenge on my own that I haven't really talked about, but just writing every day a very very low number of words on t- you know, on top of whatever else I'm working on, but fresh yeah. words. I just want 500 words a day fresh yeah. words on anything. It doesn't have to be the project that's currently on my desk. It can be on absolutely anything. And I've really found that joy again of just showing down, showing up. And it takes like, I don't know, 20 minutes on a good yeah, day to I'm... get it done. So that's a little bit like morning pages for you then? Yeah. And I, right? also, I also do morning pages. So yeah. I do my morning oh, wow. pages by hand, which is just like, bleh. and right. then 500 words on a project. So it's real writing, like, you know, that, and and I really do consider morning pages not real writing. That is just blah. That, okay. That, so, so, so that's a little bit extra. Because NaNoWriMo is about math, and because writers tend not to do math, and I, I think that, that when you do the math of writing, it can be really motivating, yes. um, and and many other things. So, 500 words a day. I'm going to say that math is 15,000 words a month. Yes. Am I right? And- yeah. Uh, it sounds about right. Uh, all I know is that it's uh, about 182,000 words a year. Exactly. I was going to go there too. Full length novels or memoirs or whatever it is written in the back pocket of time. Just, just yeah. like, you know, this back isn't what I'm, time. 
You know, it's not what's on my desk today to work on. It is whatever yeah. I feel like, and I'm going to be collecting books together. I'm just really enjoying it. It's kind of, love, and, it's, and it does feel nano freeing. I love this back pocket of time concept <laughs> and uh, you own it. You said it. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you all forget think- that. So, and I'll, I will attribute it to you forever. So please have it. Okay. okay. Well, I, I think it's a, a writing process that should be popularized. <laughs> so you can you can write about it um, somehow. I, I probably will. So let's talk yeah. about you. Let's talk about you and this book and what this book means to you. Congratulations. I didn't know I was getting you on your actual release day. How exciting is yeah. that? Yeah. So Nothing's really me- happening. <laughs> which is really the it's truth all on of social it. media it's really the truth right that's that's but are you gonna have any kind of launch party or i am i'm having okay, a launch good. party tomorrow and oh, then there's good. follow-up events and stuff oh, like that so, excellent okay yeah. so the full title of it is the art of brevity brevity yeah. crafting the very short story so you yeah. have been a fan of flash fiction short short fiction for a while and tell, yeah. can you tell us just about this book and how and and what it's talking about, what you do in it. You know, it's funny because I've been asked a few times in different interviews, like, when did you start this? You know, why did you write it? And and I didn't even think about this, but I realized I started it essentially back in 2010, 2011, when mm. I started getting addicted to writing mm. initially 100 word stories. And the full story is, is that I was working on this big behemoth of a novel, which I call my doomed novel. Uh, it probably is really doomed. It's it's not, I don't know, it can be resuscitated. I think about it every once in a while. Oh, I really love um, the concept of it. I actually remember it. I don't remember much, but I remember you telling it to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, somewhere in there, uh, 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 Paul Strom, uh, who's the father of my good friend, Jake Strom, uh, he he posted or somebody posted some of his stories that were 100 words. There were nine of them that were published in this little literary magazine. And I happened to read them. And I thought it was such a, and they were, so he'd written a memoir of 100, 100 word stories. Wow. And I thought they were so cool because they were these little snapshots. It was like, he was like showing a Kodak carousel of his life. And the thing that appealed to me was how, um, you know, well, he, he said like, he, he he conceived of them as like um, having writing within the compositional limits of like a fixed lens camera, you know, you can't zoom in, you can't Uh zoom out. You've just got to focus on that little square. And I thought, it, and he said it like, you know, enhanced like his creativity. And 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 it, and so I just decided to, to do them to take a break from the novel, which is like one good reason for flash fiction. You can take a break <laughs> from longer projects. Yes. <laughs> and then and then it just afforded a different style of storytelling. You know, you could, you could, you know, we we have so many moments in our lives that I don't think fit in and and our characters' lives that don't even fit into the longer story that that has this dramatic arc and all those things going on but the small things can be just as significant and so that's what it showed to me is how just and i write i i I took the form i didn't use it to write memoir i i write fiction with the 100 word stories but then lo and behold that led into starting this literary journal 100 word story that's been going since 2011 and so yeah so while writing these and getting more and more into like this short form um, I just started thinking about the aesthetic of the short form and the and the and the many different like lenses it provides on life and the and the different ways to to craft a story. So yeah, I actually wrote this though to bring it back to NaNoWriMo. Like I'd been jotting down notes and whatever for for years, I guess, and wrote articles and stuff. But um, I did spend one camp NaNoWriMo just like putting it all together. So it has a little bit of NaNoWriMo. Oh, that's awesome. Well. 
Yeah. And yeah. Camp NaNoWriMo is something that happens in April and August. Is that right? April and July. Yeah. April and July. And just, it's a more yeah. casual version of NaNoWriMo and is open to all forms. So it kind of fit um, for me to write this then. So. And and what is in this book? So I'll just, you know, it's it's all about, um, well, I think the gist of it really for me is, is um, that art of writing like compressed stories and in that fixed, you know, so the definition of flash fiction is any world story under 1000 words. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I find interesting about flash fiction is how it's like um, um, Russian dolls nesting within one another. There's like, like shorter and shorter genres within yeah. those thousand words, you know, like so 400 words and less that's considered micro fiction. Uh, there are six word memoirs. There's a bunch of other ones too. And so um, I've forgotten your question now, but. Um, oh, uh, what do you talk about with inside, with, with uh, within this book? Yeah. So I think a lot about it is, is uh, that compression of the story, but also uh, writing a story with what's not on the page. So with, with novels, oh, and, yeah. and by the way, I haven't given up novel as an art form. Of course you I, haven't. I, I love, yeah. <laughs> I love writing novels. I love reading novels. I love big, messy novels. Um, but you know, like novels, you're, you're, you're really explaining a lot. You're putting a lot on the page. You're guiding the reader. And, and a lot of flash fiction is about what you omit and what mm. you don't put on the page. And so you're kind of like, I always say it's like writing a like a really, really short piece. It's almost like you're playing the Ouija board. You're getting little hints from the other side. And, and part that. of the story, part of the story is kind of like ghost-like, you know, like you, it is kind of spectral in a way. Um, and, and it, that's what fascinates it about me is like how you can speak with words that aren't there and how you can create, you know, like your words have to be suggestive and provide hints and be evocative. And then you have to have more trust in the reader, right? Because the reader is fill, filling in those gaps. Um, so I find it an interesting reading experience as well. It's a, but it's a really good training for writers too, because I feel like, especially when we are more used to writing in a novel format, we, we forget to trust the reader. We forget mm -hmm. that they have a brain that we should rely on because the reader wants to be included in, in putting together a story. The reader wants to have pieces missing that they then make the logical leaps to connect and, and make sense of and, and grow from. And when we don't allow them that we're doing them a disservice and they don't enjoy it as much. Um, so you're really kind of training yourself with these two. I have not prepared you for this at all, but I bet you have a 100 word short story somewhere in your desk, in your office. I can hit pause on this while you find it and you could yeah. read it to us or do you have one close by? I do actually, ah, rare, I, I rarely have my books close by, but I did for this one. Um, just, uh, I don't know why, but um, Cause you know, I'm a jerk say, and I'll just put you on the spot like that. <laughs> uh, while I, while I look for one, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to um, say just what you said was really beautiful and, and about trusting the reader and giving them hints and it. And, and so this actually does apply to longer work, like what, like writing with this um, higher sense of omission did it, it helps mm. me create suspense on the page. Oh, wow. Um, so I think it can apply to really any genre of writing because good storytelling relies on suspense. Mm -hmm. And, and, and one of the things that I always love to refer to as suspense is Lee Child's um, essay in the New York Times drafts blog, which doesn't exist anymore, but it's, you can mm -hmm. still find it online, but he talks about creating suspense and he's like, there's no recipe for suspense, but his metaphor is, is that you're, you cook a big meal. You have people over to your house to eat. You cook a big meal, but you don't serve it for a long time. You, you let the, all the scents in the air, 
Like you, yes. you, keep, you, you keep people hungry. You're giving them things, but you're keeping them hungry. Right. You know, until but in the day. meantime, they could hear, they can hear the, the timer ding and the, yeah, the smells are getting stronger. That's beautiful. What a beautiful way to say it. It is. So Suspense is just one of those really, really difficult things for people to master, including myself. And I, sh- I certainly don't totally have it. Totally hard. And especially so. in the novel for the reasons you said is because we tend to try to um, want to explain. And we and, worry. And we, we worry we're you, not being clear enough. And and that's always what, you know, there's there's always two things that editors tell me. They're like, I don't know why you put that there. And I'm like, but I, but I whispered it to you. You didn't catch it. Or they say, you've been explaining this for 17 pages. Can you please, you know, dial it back about 16 pages? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, since you got your MFA and I got my MFA yeah. and my joke, my horrible joke is that the thing I heard most often in class is people would say, I want to know more about this. Character. I want to know more about this scene. It was, and it, it was, and I gave that criticism too. And I think it's really lazy lazy criticism because actually the tough thing is not like giving people more i mean sometimes you need to put more but oftentimes you need to put less yeah and so i i think it's an interesting question to ask ourselves like in revision is what needs what needs to go what should i cut yeah and when i'm i i I teach quite a bit nowadays and i edit my students work and um and they they get one hot seat during the the course of my classes and i'll edit it and i almost never say i want to hear more Almost yeah. always what I'm saying is like, you already said this, I, you don't need this. Show me, you know, show, show me something new. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just what we all do. I'm going to riff on this one more, one more bit. Cause like my, one of my best writing exercises from my MFA program, uh, Bob Gluck uh, challenged us to write a novel in one page. <sighs> and the reason that was great is because he said, you're not summer. You know, don't give me a, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, right. not a summary of the action, but capture the essence of the novel. And I thought it was really interesting to try to capture that narrative sweep and all the bigness of a novel, mm. like, but in one page. And I think like that we could all learn from that. That would be a great, um, just, uh, exercise to do for any book that you finish, yeah. try to do it in a page or in a hundred words, just as an exercise to get the feel, the tone, the, the movement. I, I I'm not sure I could do it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to try. I, I did it with this book, uh, The Art of Brevity. At the very end of it, I did a 100-word version of it. <gasps> so if you don't want to buy the book and you see it in the bookstore, just go to the 100-word version. You can read it right there. <laughs> Pro tip. Talk, I'm talking myself out of some sales. Um, that would yeah. give you the sale in my book. I would read it and then I would need to buy it. Yes. Yeah. But the reason I did that was because one of the things I discussed in the book was Kawabata, who wrote this one of my favorite novels called Snow Country. And he won the Nobel Prize for it. This was, I think, back in the 60s. But anyway, um, he wasn't satisfied with writing the novel. And so he wrote a a 12-page version of the novel called Gleanings from Snow Country. And so, again, he didn't summarize the novel. He just tried to capture the essence. Um, So it's a really interesting exercise to do. That's neat. Okay. I don't don't know if this is the essence of a novel, but it's a 100-word story. Perfect. It's It's called The Toad. It's about all of our uh, romantic relationships. I bet all of us have had one relationship like this. Okay. (laughs) The the toad. Flattened by a car, its arms spread out, a little like Jesus. The sun had baked it as crisp as a potato chip. Poor toad, Maria said. Didn't know how to cross the road. Maybe he thought the car was a new friend, I said, rushing to greet him. Or he was puzzling how such a small thing in the distance could become so large, she said. 
We spent hours in such conversations. It was nice how we never talked about what was next, who we were together, as if the toad wasn't part of every story in its way, even ours. That is lovely. <laughs> Thank and that you. says everything about that relationship and about that is really, I mean, I guess part of the magic of 100 word stories is is the is that subtext the missing ghost like part and that is that's a story about the missing ghost like part of that relationship that's gorgeous thank that's you for exactly sharing it, it i think yeah absolutely thank you for your response and i think that is it it is that subtext that's yeah. that's what you've omitted um and and just to give like a little writing like i keep giving writing lessons that's what but, we want on this show. But, okay. <laughs> um, you know, you know this quote, right? From Hemingway, where he, the, his famous iceberg principle quote, where, you know, an iceberg, only 10% of it is above the water. And so your duty as a writer, he thought was, you're just showing the 10% of the story, the upper 10%, and then the 90% of it's below the water. Yeah. Um, and so, but you have to know that 90% as a writer in order for that subtext to speak through the rest of the text. And I think that yeah. you and I have talked about revision in the past. You are a, you are a big fan of revision. Yes. I love revision. I could live in revision. I could live in revision. Stay there forever. I, that's all I want to do. And maybe that's what <laughs> and I have had this thought that with these 500 words a day, two yeah. books worth, I'm just giving myself very easily something to revise later. You know, that's, that's, that's what I'm clinging to. But in terms of that 90%, for me, a lot of times I got to, I, I don't even have to just know it. I have to write it in order to carve and chisel it away. So yep. if you were to sit down, just out of curiosity on average, and I know that everything is different, probably each story is different, but if you sit down to write a hundred word story, mm -hmm. what's the, what's the fastest you've ever written one that, and revised one that you were pleased with? And what's the slowest? Like, can you write one in 10 minutes and be done like a poem? Um, sometimes a poem yeah. or can yeah. you spend weeks, months? What does it look like? Yeah, it's interesting because like, you know, I, I love NaNoWriMo because it makes novel writing accessible to the yeah. world. Yeah. And, and, I, and I loved 100 Word Stories because they make writing accessible to the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And because anyone can really write a 100 Word Story. And yeah. so, but to write a good one is really, really tough though. And so since I run 100 Word Story magazine, we get a lot of stories where people have written one draft and, and you can tell, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and to write a really good publishable story, it takes, I mean, it takes me multiple revision. And the interesting thing about revising hundred word stories is kind of like a Rubik's Cube where you know if you if you twist it so that there's all red on one side, then the other sides are, are messed They're all up. Messed up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the, it's kind of like that with a hundred word story. You might have 93 words on your first draft, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna add seven, but you add twelve, and then you have to subtract five, <laughs> but you subtract eight. But but that's all good because like what that's doing is you're you're paying attention to every word and the work that it's doing. And you're also like like any good revision, the story is kind of changing with every little turn of the screw. Yeah. You know, and so I think of hundred word stories and a lot of flash fiction, it's almost more about editing than drafting. Yeah. Um, because you're just constantly fine-tuning and tweaking. And so I think it's a great way to learn how to edit because you're just yes. paying such incredibly intense attention 
to, and, to every, every element of the story. And such a fun, and so it sounds so fun, such a fun level of attention. I call it, I have um, different passes in revision. So I'll do the big revisions, you know, draft two and three and sometimes four. And then I'll do these little passes of just like, cause I hate writing settings. So I'll do a setting pass where I'll just write setting in and I'll, I hate writing character descriptions. So I'll do a whole pass where I spend one hour writing a description for every character. Now I'm done. Um, but one of my passes, and this is kind of dumb, is I call it Twitterification because I used to be addicted to Twitter. I am not anymore. But way <laughs> back in the day when it was 140 characters, what I always did was I would go into the text box on Twitter and I would write out whatever I wanted to say. It's three paragraphs, whatever. And then I would just chop words oh. away and add better words and chop and chop and chop until I had these stunning little, I thought they were stunning. They probably, they probably don't hold up, but Sometimes I would have stunning little sentences on Twitter that said so much. They said three paragraphs worth in 140 yeah. characters. And, yeah. and now what I do is I, I remind, I just call that pass on my novels, Twitterification, because I, I know that I'm looking at every sentence saying, what can I whittle away to get more clear, to be more clear mm -hmm. on the page? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing process to do that because like, you know, these, uh, just to say that the story I read from this book, Fissures, which is my collection. I of have stories. that. I love that. <laughs> do you? Yeah. And I, but I, I will admit I'd forgotten Toad. I, I uh, no worries. Um, and so they're each about a paragraph long, yeah. you know, yeah. but it, what's interesting is like, you can go through them with that kind of fine tooth comb. And, and now every once in a while I'll read one and I'll be like, oops, there's a little bit of flab in there. <laughs> That's so annoying, little... isn't it? get out the screw and kind of <laughs> tighten it up. That's amazing. I also have a, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I have a, a traumatic tale about 100 words and I will never, ever, ever yeah. forget it. And it's a, and it's a core core piece of my writing story. So I was maybe, I'm going to say we lived in Elsa Branny. So I was younger than I was younger. Than, I was probably seven, seven or eight. And I had been assigned a 100 word essay. You know, I was very oh. young, like first grade or something. Or, or but somebody did one, this before me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, it, well, I think it was an essay. It was not a story. It was, it was an essay like, what okay. did you do with your weekend? 100 words. Uh -huh. And okay. I, and I just knew that my life was over. I'd never be able to do it. And I spent the, I think I sicked out that Friday. I remember this whole weekend. I, I was sick with dread on Saturday, all of Sunday, all the way up until Sunday night when my mother finally made me get out the piece of paper and start writing. And I remember I wrote the first sentence and I was like, oh, that's 20 words. I'm almost done. Like I had no <laughs> idea that 100 words was so manageable in my yeah. head. It just felt like so much. And I'm sure that there are new, brand new writers who think, you know, a hundred words, that is, that's pretty hard. But when you sit down to do it, it's like a paragraph. It's a beautiful so paragraph. About it. Yeah. And you know what? I, there've been so many unexpected, like since I, we started hundred word story and I just thought, oh, this will be for writers who want to publish their hundred word stories. But we found a, a, there are a lot of teachers who, who are teaching it in like GED classes oh, and cool. teaching it to, 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 to people who are just learning English you know, so it does have that accessibility to, 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 you know, to, to bring in people who might not think of themselves as writers and help them write a story. That gives yeah, me goosebumps. Very, it's been very gratifying. Yeah. That is so cool. You yeah. should be so proud of yourself for all of this that you have been doing and have done. You really are. You should feel proud of yourself. I'm Thank Mr. you. Rogers I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to, I'll try to. <laughs> all right. If you were going to give our 
you're, you're full of craft tips. I know this. And again, I'm throwing this out to you. I didn't give you any questions ahead because you answered the normal yeah. questions last time. Um, if you would, sh- you've already shared quite a few craft tips, but would you like to share another craft tip of any sort with our listeners? Any sort of craft tip. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do something that's, I'm going to break the rules here a little bit. Good. Um, I, you know, I've been given, I've been talking to writers for your, most of my adult life in some form, right? And I've been giving kind of formal instruction for, I don't know, a long time too, and, and giving writing advice and and revision advice. And and in the end, I'm, I'm always just like, it's about your belief in yourself and your uh, story, you know? Yeah. And if you, if you just, you've got to have that belief and then everything comes from that, right? It's like, you got to have that strong, solid foundation. And so I really think it's about um, nurturing your mindset um, in a variety of ways. And so that's easy to say, right? Believe in yourself. It's really tough to do. So I think you need to explore that um, and think about ways that can, what makes you believe in yourself, you know, like what's it, whether it's your community, whether it's being able to sit down every day and write those 500 words or those hundred mm-hmm. words, you know, there's so much about like um, writing a good story that's about momentum, and I think like doing it like regularly and being in a community of writers um, as a as a sort of regular thing, um, I think that all builds your belief, I guess. You know, like honestly, like uh, we should admit this. I'm not sure if this applies to you, Rachel. I'm sure you're over the top confident. Con- you know, every every word you write, you're like, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because it's funny because like I think a lot of people think like once you've published, uh, or have a podcast or whatever that you've made it that you never have these um, moments of uh, losing faith in yourself or 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 just not believing in yourself and they happen all the time right yeah. so it's a constant process and that's part of the mindset right you got to like yeah. I love this quote actually since we're talking about revision I, I read this by George Saunders recently and he was like oh he's like when I hit the muddy middle he's like I've done that so many times in novels that now I say oh here I am in the yes. muddy middle you know, yes. this is just like what happens. It just kind of like, sucks. It just, it's sucks. just not fun, but I'm going to show but, up and do the work anyway. Yeah. I've been here before. Yeah. And so, yeah. So anyway, my, my craft tip is like really about a mindset. I think that's what most people need. I think sometimes like, even though I just wrote this book, um, I think, uh, you know, those craft books, they kind of, they kind of promise the recipe of success. Um, but I think the recipe for success is, is oftentimes not really in all of your tools in the toolbox. It's it's really about your mindset. I agree. And I think you said two really important things in there. You said a lot of important things, but two really jumped out at me, which were um, the community, which for me was one of the things that changed everything for me was when I found writing friends that I could hang out with and we were speaking the same language and we were all failing similarly on a daily basis to mm-hmm. meet our own expectations of ourselves. And then you learn that writing is just about learning how to be okay with failing the expectations that you've set for yourself. And number two, just the sitting down and doing it and failing yourself over and over and being okay with it. This morning, when I was writing those 500 words, I wrote a couple sentences and I looked back at them and I lost faith in them. I lost faith in myself entirely. They were so bad that I didn't even delete. I just dropped two lines and I knew later that future Rachel will just delete those happily, but I couldn't even bear to go through back and delete them. And I just started at a different place. I just left it. Like I didn't even finish the sentence. There's no period on it. I just lost faith and took a breath and, oh, there's the faith again. All right. I'll write some more words. This happens every day. I let myself down and every day 
it doesn't matter. I just keep writing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're going to be better off tomorrow with whatever paid, whatever you wrote today. Exactly. And I'm going to be one tiny iota smarter about writing and work and life because I lived through today and did those sentences. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, one one of the questions that I have added that you have never answered on this show, um, what is the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you as a writer? Gosh. The, the, The opposite of that's so easy to answer. (laughs) <laughs> do you want to tell us about that? You don't have to name names. Um, gosh, let me think. The kindest thing. That's such an interesting question. I've never really thought of that. I mean, there's so much kindness. You know, right now, I guess, I'll just focus on what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, because I'm, you know, to order somebody's book and then to take a photo of it and then put it online and offer words of encouragement, you know, um, that's happened so many times today on this book launch, you know, and from people I might barely know. And sometimes I'm not even sure if yeah. I, I, I don't know them, you know, and that's just yeah. like so touching. And so I guess, you know, uh, it's easy to have a negative view of humanity and it's easy to be in a writing community sometimes and to feel a lot of envy or that whatever, you're not getting the respect you deserve or not getting mm-hmm. the stories published that you deserve. But there are actually a lot of like very, very, very positive people who are doing really nice things. And whether, you know, it doesn't have to be buying your book or, or, or telling or promoting you on social media, but they are there, you know? And yeah. so I think just like, just having that like trust in humanity that they are, yes. there are good people who, who want to write and read with you, you know? I love that. I have been, I've been experimenting with a, a woo woo thing lately, but whenever I receive any form of money, from my writing, like, you know, the $3.20 royalty here and $17 there. I, I just, <laughs> I get of, those royalties. Oh, checks. <laughs> Lord. Like, I have gotten sub 40 cents royalties before, you know, like, I, yeah, you understand. But, but instead yeah. of going, oh, what I'm doing is I'm taking a moment to like literally send like a pulse of thank you to that person who voted to spend their time or their dollars or their hard earned energy to, to help an artist. Like, and I just, I really love just yeah. every single day. I go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's so fun. It's so fun. Well, what do. a magical thing to have one person out there in the world. Yeah. Uh, just do what can you, you imagine say. Spend, like but- 15 years ago, I would have died to think of one person wanting to yeah. read anything that I'd ever written, you know? Yeah. So and like you say, that's are. a huge thing. They've, yeah. they've spent the money for the book and they've like the time, right? The time. Given they're whatever, giving time twice, 10 or 20 really. hours. When they, when you think about it, they're, they're, they're spending the time that they had to spend to make the money to pay for the book. And then the time to read the book. That's, that's a lot of time. I just blew my own mind. That's, I don't think I've ever thought that. Okay. Then the last question for you is what's the kindest thing you've ever done for yourself as a writer? Um, that is a really good question. I'm going to go way back to when I was 20 years old and decided to be a writer. Um, the short story was that I was deciding on a major in college and I was choosing between an English major and an econ major. Mm -hmm. And I spent the semester abroad in France and fortunately sat around cafes and read novels. And it was clear to me that I was meant to be a writer and not an econ major. And the and the field of economics has has been thanking me ever since. Um, <laughs> but the th- the field of writing didn't exactly thank me in the beginning. But you know, like I was so convinced of that I wanted to be a writer no matter what, and I was so stubborn to it that I never made writing a plan B. And yeah. so, 
I heard all those people, you know, telling me that yeah. it was going to be hard, that I wouldn't earn money, that it, you know, all these people love telling you, they oh love discouraging God. you yeah. for some strange reason. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I waited tables and I worked in bookstores and I just uh, always like writing was my joy. And I was thinking about this the other day because I'm doing my book event tomorrow with um, Lynn Mundell is interviewing me. And she actually was the reason I got this job. It was like the one big detour of my life when I started working for Charles Schwab in my early 30s, but I needed the money. So, yeah. But but in that first decade of writing, I mean, I got my MFA in there and I did have some encouragement, but no one was really encouraging me. I wasn't wasn't publishing widely. There was no reason to keep going (laughs) in a lot of ways. And so I guess the kindest thing for me is that I made it a priority. I believed in it. I kept going. I don't know. I did the follow your bliss thing. That, you know what? I, I'm sure that we have had over beer sometime this exact conversation that I don't remember it, um, which is one of the reasons I don't drink anymore. But uh, yeah, neither is uh, drink now. That's another kind thing that's I did. Right. That is a very kind thing that we've done for ourselves, <laughs> although we did have some good drinks together. That was, fun. yeah. But yeah. Our, 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 our tracks are so similar, except that I spent five years miserable and almost failing out of college trying to get a business degree. And then I remember the moment of clarity where I got, I said to myself, oh, I'm just going to switch to English and I'm just mm. going to be a writer. And then I was done in another, it took, it took me seven years to get my undergrad, but then only two years to get my master's. And, um, and I never made writing a plan B either. Like 911 mm-hmm. was, um, the way to pay the bills. I chose 911 because I wanted to steal the stories from 911, which I did. Um, <laughs> and it turned out to be well-paying and a good job on the side. And I never let writing be the plan B and. That's, I can't believe we have such yeah. similar stories. Yeah. yeah. And now we're going to co-write Back Pocket of Time. <laughs> the Back Pocket of Time. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. All right. Will you please tell everyone where you can be found on the internet? Oh, okay. Um, everywhere my name is Grant Faulkner, spelled with a U, like William Faulkner, although he added the U to his name, just so everybody knows. Is there, um, do some people say just F-A-L-K? Yeah, some oh, people do F A L K N E R, and he was born F A L K N E R, but I'm yeah. F A U L K N E R. So yeah, GrantFaulkner.com, and I'm at Grant Faulkner on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, those are my main three things. Um, but yeah, I love when people follow me and we keep the conversation about writing going. So it's a so joy to talk to you. The book is The Art of Brevity. Please go grab it from my friend Grant. Such a treat to talk to you. Thank you, and may it fly from the shelves. Thank you, Rachel. It's always a treat to talk with you. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>